0: Mythos Busters Investigating the mystery, monsters and madness of Arkham Horror The Card Game back listeners to the Miskatonic AV Club, A Mythos Busters production. Back with me again is Brandon. Hey Brandon.
1: Hey again. Excited to be back for more of my second favorite thing, talking about Arkham.
0: What's your first favorite thing?
1: I'm playing Arkham.
0: Ooh. What's your third favorite thing?
1: <laughs> oh man, don't make me choose.
0: Organizing Arkham.
1: Uh <laughs> No, that's that's like uh that's not in the top 10. What? oh man oh there's so many other good games and to play and things to eat and now you need to expand your horizons if uh sorting cards is one of your top three
0: hey don't hate don't hate
1: (laughs) anyway i feel like you brought me here for a reason
0: scott yeah we're gonna take a look at the Palad mask player cards you know you've really influenced me just by coming on the show why don't you start it off with our first card (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh, that is so nice of you to say, and fitting because this card is inspiring presence, which is a guardian skill. It's uh, since it's a skill card, it's important that it has a willpower pip, an intellect pip, or a combat pip, and it's innate. If the skill test is successful, ready an ally asset at your location, deal one damage or one horror from it. Anderson's a hard ass, sure. Always locking up the room and waking us up at the crack of dawn. But out here in the middle of nowhere, he's definitely the one I want,
0: t- taking point.
1: Have you tried out Inspiring Presence?
0: Uh, I tried it, and then it <laughs> went back into, the, into my card box.
1: <laughs> oh, no. <laughs>
0: uh, you know, it, it's okay. Um, I think the the thing is, I tried this not in a Leo deck. Now that Leo mm. is out, and he's on the arts, so it's just fitting. Um,
1: yeah, the flavor text quotes him too, or yeah, talks about
0: him too. Exactly. I think it'd be much better if you had multiple allies like he can take venturer, he can take uh upgraded beat cop um, mm-hmm. there are allies there where you would soak a little bit and also you're exhausting them for abilities so I think in Leo it's probably a bit more uh powerful, but it's it's still just a single pip of three pips, but I mean they're they're useful. yeah. But. I mean, it's
1: it's part of the cycle of skill cards that each have. It, it, this is basically just worse than a wild pet. Um, <laughs> it, looks, it looks impressive on a card because it's three icons all in a row, but it's actually not that great. Yeah. Um, yeah, I actually have just started playing Leo for the first time. I'm just um, two scenarios into a Carcosa campaign with him, and I think I have not drawn this card in either game yet. <laughs> so <Good. laughs> I, I did put this into my Leo deck. I think that he will basically always at least have an ally and be actively, because they're non-unique allies, and be cycle through them and be actively mm-hmm. using them to soak, so pretty much always get good use out of this card. Um I wish that I could tell you that I played it and it went well, but it's just, um, it, it must be heavier than the other cards. It's sunk to the bottom of my head.
0: Yeah. I think before, like, if you look at the time that this came out, we're in the middle of Carcosa, um, mm-hmm. I think this card was, I don't want to say hot garbage, but (laughs) lukewarm refuse i guess
1: yeah it's sorry go ahead oh that's it (laughs) Uh, it's it's interesting um the order they choose to release these cards it's almost as you get to the end of a cycle they almost start to foreshadow the next one some of their releases Mm -hmm. both with the the characters that show up in the art sometimes or you know then again we've seen what rita in some art i think in the carcosa cycle too and Did not get her in Forgotten Age, so maybe it's just completely arbitrary. But I think that they they like to get a few cards for kind of the next cycle's archetype already released, so that you have a little more than just the four cards that they can put in one deluxe box. Yeah, um, that that's aimed at that person, and that was definitely the
0: case here. Yeah, pretty heavy-handed hint, putting like him (laughs) in the text, him in the art.
1: (laughs) Yep, yep, and and uh, yeah, really. In retrospect, like you should have basically been able to tell you what his ability was,
0: based yeah. on this. <laughs> um, so, moving uh, on to our next card. Uh, oh,
1: boy. Uh, yeah, tell us about Mono.
0: Oh, boy. Uh, zero cost Guardian event, one XP. Mono ah Mono. It's got a willpower pip and a combat pip. Spirit and bold traded. Play only as your first action. Deal one damage to an enemy engaged with you. This action does not provoke attacks from opportunity.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm. So... I have a YouTube channel where we've done some Arkham live plays. I'm doing a rare mid episode plug. It's called Optimal Play. You should check it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so i play- I played through the Core Box campaign. We're going to continue, but with two brand new players. I built them their starting decks, but then for upgrading their decks, I was complete hands off because no one really wants a quarterbacker, and you want new players to feel freedom and also learn from making mistakes. And so the one thing was the Roland Flair? Uh, his name is also Scott, he, going into the Devourer below, started to spend one of his couple experience points on Mono a Mono, and oh, I, 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 I had to put my foot down. I couldn't let it. It was <laughs> <laughs> the, the only time I interfered or really even gave them advice other than, sounds good, do it, um, yeah. with their choices, was I had to veto Mono a Mono. I get the appeal at a glance. It's testless damage it costs zero it's level one so like one experience isn't even all that much but man what a card that you really have to find a niche situation to play and the payoff for finding like a situation where you're engaged with an enemy as your first action Mm -hmm. it's engaged or yeah it's engaged with you um so it's already gotten a chance to hit you probably or you've had an ally like bring it to you, and then disengage from it with Elusive, or something
0: yeah. like that. Or, or you drew uh, off the encounter deck. Like, it could have been that, that Mythos phases enemy.
1: That's a good point. Um, but, but all of that just for the, <laughs> for the payoff of one damage. Yeah. You know, a, a lot of the like, my mind jumps to like, where would I be glad to have
0: with no other effort is, like,
1: Acolytes? But they spawn at empty locations. Yep. Um, the so they're probably...
0: Is, the other one for me is Whippoorwills. But they're aloof.
1: Sure. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just, um, you know, maybe this is foreshadowing for like the new boxer investigator three cycles from now. That yeah. <laughs> is gonna, um, you know, whenever he does damage on his first action, do four extra damage. <laughs> you know, <laughs> something like that. Until then, I don't see myself pulling this out of my binder.
0: Yeah. Um. I, I don't bring this this term out very often, but I I think this is a bike spokes. Yeah,
1: totally agree. Uh you'd at least get some value out of it that way.
0: Yeah. Uh after it going through the bike spokes, it might need some first aid though. Do you want to read that?
1: If my ArkhamDB page would load, I would be happy to. Here we go. First aid level three. It costs two resources, and it's, I guess, as I said, level three, so it costs three experience to add to your deck. It's a guardian asset with two willpower icons. So good so far talent, and science traits. It uses four supplies, and you discard it when there are no supplies remaining. As an action, spend one supply, heal one damage, and one horror from an investigator
0: or ally asset at your location.
1: And it does not take up a slot, notably. Hmm. Um, how do you feel?
0: I think with Carolyn released now, it's okay. Because she gets okay. uh, a horror, she gets a dollar, or whoever gets healed the horror, I believe makes the resource. I forget what her text is, oh. or she makes it or the person getting healed gets it. Um
1: I forget too. Yeah, I haven't gotten the last couple of books. I don't have Silas or Carolyn, fortunately.
0: Um, but I like if you skip the XP costs, this is a pretty efficient healing card. When you add the XP in, I think it's okay. I think it's like I don't know, like like six and a half out of ten. You know what I mean? Like yeah. depending on if you have an ally you really want to keep alive, and I'm trying to think of an ally that you really want to keep alive, I, I could see this. This is, I think, decent in Mark.
1: Yeah. If um, if Calvin could run this just to refresh the soak from his ally, mm. or um, or if you're paired with a Calvin who is halfway through the campaign and struggling, <laughs> struggling yeah. to stay alive, especially early on when he's looking for for all his cards, and you can you can help with in any way either with some heals on him if you have to or heals on his allies would be way better um this is nice it's still just a lot of it's a lot of experience and it's a lot of actions it is Play, playing it paying resources for it and spending an action every time you use it
0: mm-hmm. it's action intensive for sure just like real first aid like i said like six out of ten it's i could see a copy mm-hmm. of it in in mark um just because you're going to be healing damage and he has to really watch his his sanity, other than yeah. that,
1: yeah, would you bother upgrading this for Mark though? I guess maybe i yeah, I guess, like you said, he does have low sanity, so healing horror like obviously healing damage is great for mark, healing horror i I guess I just don't know if I feel like he's got better
0: ways to spend three xp like bigger guns, yeah, well, there's only so many guns you can hold. You know. <laughs>
1: That's true. That's yeah. true. And you can um hold these band
0: of guns. Uh <laughs> all right. Moving on to seeker cards. First one, Yeah. One of my favorite cards. Uh Eureka. It is a skill test or a skill card, sorry, not a skill test. It has a willpower pip, intellect pip, and an agility pip. It's innate traded, and if this skill test is successful, the investigator performing this test searches the top three cards of their deck for a card, draws it, and reshuffles his or her deck.
1: This has to be one of the best skill cards out there, um despite its art, which is unnerving <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's a good way of putting I'm
1: not, it. I'm not sure what this gentleman in the art is uh it, it, the title of the card leads you to believe he's having some sort of epiphany or idea, but it's not what his
0: face says no. He looks very uh, like he's struggling.
1: Yeah, he looks like he's yeah, struggling really hard or in pain. Mm-hmm. Uh despite that, and also despite the fact that it has the same one each of three icons that we were just trash talking on inspiring presence. Yeah. Um getting almost a wild icon plus this awesome benefit of searching the top three cards of your deck for a card, knowing that you're gonna get a weakness free draw and Honestly, searching the top three cards of your deck, if you need a specific thing, like in late game, you really need your, your Strange Solution or something like that, it's almost as good as drawing three cards. Or better, because mm. you, you won't get a weakness along the way. Um, yeah, this card's like a, a two-of in almost almost any Seeker deck I build for a while.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think like as much as we were trash-talking the, the three separate skill icons, I think the fact that it, it leaves out the Combat icon... I think is okay for this card um mm-hmm. the seekers do use a lot of everything else but combat so i i think i'm okay with this balance um i think a lot of people have a lot of combat pips to chuck when needed for other players so i'm, I'm not as down on the on the the pip selection uh and yeah having a old book of lore in a skill card fantastic and the, the ability to give it to somebody as well give it to you know they're doing the test so they get to search the top three cards
1: um, yes that's a that pretty flexibility awesome... that person that if you're paired with a mystic who really needs that spell or or whatever mm-hmm. yeah that's um huge flexibility um what you said about the pips though it's kind of true on inspiring presence also it's missing agility which guardians how mm-hmm. much they use agility it's it's an interesting thought that they tend to give you the three you would Anyway, at yeah. that point why don't just give you a wild though? I guess it's just uh just flavorful to say like yeah. yeah, seekers are bad at fighting, guardians are bad at evading. Yeah. I don't know. But okay, now I'm slightly annoyed by this whole three pip situation all over again. <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, love this card. Well highly recommend it.
0: If you wanna read the next card, it also has three pips, so Oh,
1: no, but it's, um,
0: oh, I was going to say, but it's an asset, but
1: I <laughs> misspoke, or uh, mis- misthought, rather. Shortcut, level two, is a one-cost seeker event with those same three pips, um, everything but a combat. But it acts a little bit like an asset because it's, well, so it's an insight, it's tactic, it's fast, and you play it on your turn. But when you play it, you attach it to your location, and then the attached location gains... As a fast action exhaust shortcut move to a connecting location you know this town like the back of your hand i does that have the same flavor text as the lower level one uh
0: i have no Probably. idea. Probably.
1: i don't know i i think a lot about the flavor text in this game because
0: i like it a lot
1: what's your experience with shortcut level two
0: uh you know i so i love shortcut level zero it is i think a woefully underestimated card uh, and is incredibly powerful, especially in gators that I don't think you would think of taking it. Like, I mean, I think people have kind of come around to it on as Mark. His ability to mm-hmm. shortcut into an area and then just start killing things is pretty sweet. Um, level 2, I think, is very campaign-dependent and very scenario-dependent, where you kind of, like, on Essex County Express, this is garbage. But on something like... Uh, the museum, oh, what's it called? With The haunting horror.
1: Oh, this... Mr. John Museum, yeah. Yeah,
0: there we go. Uh, how did I not get that? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, you have a very central location there. Um, this is pretty good uh, in Blood on the Altar, where you have, when you're sitting just outside the chamber, and you want to get in and out quickly. So it, it's very niche locations and very niche uses um so i actually think i prefer level zero shortcuts still and i know if it's listening he's gonna be mad at me for saying that but uh it's the truth so deal with it
1: so level zero shortcut costs zero is that right yes this one actually costs one resource other than that this does everything that does you can play it to your location and immediately move a person Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: so i don't i don't think i'm i'm actually i'm i'm far from with you on that uh i think this card's great i think most scenarios you find a really good use for it a caveat i play mostly multiplayer i have not played a true solo game since just the corset was out hmm. um i'm going to probably get the ire of the internet for this but i think this is a better card than pathfinder in multiplayer um i think you get hmm. enough uses out of it that almost especially like most scenarios central location or even in the scenarios where this you're right, in Essex County Express, it's not as good a fit, but still you drop it on your location. And if someone's a, a, a car behind you dealing with an enemy or something, they also get vaulted forward, which is really valuable when they catch up to you. Um, it it's so it, it at its worst it's still useful. And at its best, having essentially Pathfinder, your team gets a free move every turn, but it's um it does not have the rider that you have to be not engaged with any enemies, and it's fast mm-hmm. so it doesn't provoke an opportunity to the attack. And the fact that you have the flexibility of anyone on your
0: team can use it
1: as convenient. I think those cards are awesome.
0: I think I would still take Pathfinder, but again, that's also coming from me playing. I think about fifty percent of my games are solo. Yeah. Where Yeah, I I Yeah, Pathfinder I is shortcut you Pathfinder is a shortcut you bring with you.
1: Yes. But it costs more resources, but it is one less experience point. Yeah, I totally agree. True one solo, more.
0: or no? Was it three? True or
1: maybe... solo um, level two shortcut makes no sense. Yeah. But if you get uh, maybe maybe with two, definitely if you have three
0: or four players, I think
1: this card is pretty incredible.
0: Yeah, and I will say too, like Essex County Express also breaks a lot of cards. Like I won't put. Yeah, <laughs> it's not like shortcut is bad because it can't handle Essex. It's well, there's a lot of cards that are bad in Essex, so. And
1: even Pat, even Pathfinder and Essex, are gonna it's gonna go unused a lot. If you're stuck in a car.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I I think it's a good card. I think I still prefer level zero, but that's me.
1: So watch this, Scott, as I seamlessly segue into the next card.
0: Oh God. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm
0: watching. Uh, I
1: think, oh no no that that was it. Oh. It was it was a, it was very meta.
0: Oh, I think it's your turn to read. Oh God, it is. <laughs> um, so watch this spread um, it is a rogue skill card it's got a willpower pip a combat pip and a agility pip it's gambit traded commit only to a skill test you're performing as an additional cost to commit watch this to a skill test spend up to three resources if you succeed by one or more gain twice that many resources so, hmm. I mean first of all this guy is doing a flying double pistol shot through the air, um, which is not safe gun handling
1: no. at all. No, um, although it, like he is a show off. My problem with him is, is that his, each half of his, like his leg, both above and below his knee, appears to be longer than his torso. Hmm, yeah. Uh, the the <laughs> proportions. <laughs> Legs always, for days. Oh, Evelyn bugged me on this one. Yeah. <laughs> Um. So, I think we're back to kind of inspiring presence mode for me, where this is a this is another skill card with one of each pip, mm-hmm. which is a little aggravating. And <laughs> man, thanks. It it allows you to. Okay. So first, commit only to a skill set you're performing as a multiplayer player. That hurts
0: right there. Yeah.
1: But then, it's not like this card has a chance of generating you resources on its own. It lets you spend resources and risk them to get resources which means you a have to have them and b have to be able to afford to lose them or be or desperately need them right and then you still have to succeed i mean you if you succeed sure a lot of time it's by one or more um and you can make a profit but no i'm i'm not into this
0: one yeah. what do you think well i mean i think this appeals to people who play a lot of rogue cards who like the gambling and almost mystic too mm-hmm. cuz mystic has that kind of that risky playstyle. Yes. Um when this works like on easier standard, I think this is a decent card um, cuz I think you'll you'll succeed most often and most often by one. Uh, I think you'll have to throw more to the test than just this card. So I think it's okay but i'm i'm the same way where it's it's too risky for me where i either have to be okay with losing three resources on the chance of getting six but at that point if i'm okay with losing three resources do i really need more resources i'm probably at a point where i have so much resources i just don't care yeah i don't think i'm a huge fan of watch this
1: yeah, and I'll point out on this one too. I think this is the first time where I feel like the fact that it's lacking the intellect icon is a problem. At least our last two rogues that we've gotten, Safina and Finn, both like intellect a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Is generally part of what they're doing. Safina's usually at least using lockpicks to do her share of investigating, and Finn, Finn obviously is is all about being the uh, the green guy who can actually get clues. So. It's, that's a problem, too, that this doesn't have an intellect pit, because if you can commit it only to a skill test your
0: performance,
1: so, and if you're a rogue build that is largely actually trying to investigate get clues, this doesn't help you there either.
0: So if you're a rogue build trying to do what you need to do to win every scenario, pretty much, <laughs> like, the main yeah. focal point is to get clues, and like, everything else is just trying to stop you from getting clues. Yeah.
1: I, think you, I think you keyed in on something really kind of smart about this card, actually. It's for a certain kind of player. It's for a player that actually would get a kick out of that show-off moment. And in that way, like the flavor of the card and the fact that it's kind of, you don't need this card. You don't need to do this. You don't need to risk a re- double them, but you could. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's kind of cool when you do. Yeah, it's actually kind of a perfect card just for that, that moment that the certain kind of player who would really get a kick out of it can, can throw this into their deck and have fun.
0: Uh just by looking at the art, can you tell what type of gun he's firing?
1: <laughs> um I you know, since he's a rogue, I would assume it's the 41 Derringer. Maybe. I don't know if that's really the kind of gun you use to shoot, but look at look at this. We've got <laughs>
0: them in front of us. <laughs> We're nailing these segues. This is just Oh yeah. It
1: it took me a second. You had that like
0: second and a half pause. So I was like, where is he going with this?
1: <laughs> And as is podcast tradition, we are ruining every segue by discussing it after the fact. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, level 241 Derringers are card. It's a rogue asset that's an upgrade of, I believe, the corset Derringers were, right? Mm-hmm. So. It costs three, takes up a hand slot, has a combat or an agility icon if you put it into a skill test and play it. It uses three ammo... And it says, as an action, spend one ammo to fight. You get plus two combat for this attack. If you succeed by one or more, this attack deals plus one damage. Once per turn, if you succeed by three or more, you may take an additional action per turn. Uh, I skipped over this. It's an item, a weapon, a firearm, and it's illicit, which is fun, because I think all four of those are traits that
0: matter. Yeah. Uh,
1: how, do you, how do you feel about putting uh, two experience into leveling up your
0: The issue is I think I like level two switchblade. Better. Mm. And so uh, I mean the the thing is I, I don't mind this card actually. Like plus two combat is actually pretty good. Uh the mm-hmm. ammo's a bit low, um, but I kind of understand it for, for three costs, you're getting three shots, plus it's a plus two combat. Um if you succeed and if by you're one really, or more, you're probably going to.
1: If you try hard enough, rogues have a lot of ways to deal with that too.
0: Yeah. Um and the fact that if you are really doing well on these tests uh, you may get a free action this turn you could possibly play this and then empty it that turn mm-hmm. um, and if oh
1: you... yeah uh, so yeah you can't you could empty it I was, I was about to point out that you only have the
0: extra action one turn but um, that is enough
1: to blow through all of, all of this ammo yeah.
0: anyway and if you sleight of handed this by chance and mm-hmm. then shoot it thrice and then do something else, like move away, away from the dead bodies. Like, that's a pretty good use <laughs> of sleight of hand, I think. So, you know, as I'm talking, I'm starting to like this card more. <laughs> yeah, I like
1: it too. Um, I've played with this one some. It's, I think it's a more appealing upgrade than the 45 automatic we talked about in the previous episode. I think that the upgrade is more interesting and meaningful than just the... Um, cancelling retaliate Mm -hmm. it lowers the succeed by more for the plus one down to one which you succeed by one a lot more than you succeed by two yes that is i think that makes it that really takes it from derringers which are really weak because of that like there's a great chance that you're only going to get one damage like a normal fight when you shoot them Mm -hmm. um i think that's an underrated I, I don't know how people rate this card, but I think that's easy to kind of uh, overlook how how valuable that is lowering that threshold from two to one. And then, yeah, I think um, if you do draw, you know, luck into draw, whatever, getting an extra action is a great perk. It's something that's hard, succeeding by three or more is hard to rely on mm-hmm. or to like plan your turn, kind of being like, okay, I'm going to get this extra action. But you usually can find something good to do with it. If you're engaged with an enemy, you shoot your gun again. If you're done with the enemy, worst-case scenario, you draw a card, gain a resource.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: I like these. Um, Whether it's the way a rogue would be wise to spend their experience, that's a little hard. And you're right, Switchblade's another awesome option that gets really good once it's level 2. I don't know. I think if you want to be a rogue who's shooting guns, playing cards like Watch This, (laughs) this is a great one. And I think it's good all-around in general.
0: Yeah. You know, uh, we've talked a lot on the podcast before about how, um, especially in multiplayer, every investigator needs to be able to handle an acolyte or rats. Um, yes. And I think that this is the perfect weapon for that. Um, if you're playing some sort of like super investigate Jenny, Jenny, uh, this derringer is actually a decent weapon for her to kill rats or some acolyte with, right? Like that plus two bonus is what I'm more looking at than the than the damage. It, I, I think it's a decent
1: That is true. Yeah. Like, even though most enemies aren't one hit point,
0: there are sometimes,
1: plenty of times when just the one damage is enough. Yeah. But, I'm... you know, it not that kind of an argument against upgrading this card? Because you still get the plus two combat on the level zero version. You're just less likely to get the plus one damage.
0: I guess. I mean... For me I'm thinking against rats, you're probably gonna also succeed by three,
1: <laughs> so oh, that's true maybe yeah action i I don't yeah. think
0: it's a great weapon, but it's it's good, okay. I wouldn't be grudging like I wouldn't dive in front of somebody like you did with Mano a mano watching a friend put it <laughs> into the deck so.
1: <laughs> yeah, agreed. it's in my fin deck right uh right because I wanted to try it out. It's in my fin deck in that Douglasnas campaign I've been talking about all night. And, yeah, you know, I've been enjoying it. I got some extra shots at Silent Bishop because it gave me an extra action on it one.
0: Was, it was nice. Like, equipping this, you don't feel like you're holding a torrent of power or anything. <laughs> Speaking of which... <laughs> sure don't. <laughs> moving on to our mystic skill card, uh, Torrent of Power. Um, it's a level zero skill card. It has a wild pip that Brandon has been begging for this entire show yes Um, it is practice traded as an additional cost to commit torrent of power to a skill test spent up with three charges from among assets you control for each charge spent this way torrent of power gains a willpower pip and another wild i (laughs) i feel like this is made for akachi yes and it's made for mystics because they're probably gonna be using willpower
1: (laughs) You know, it's got a purple border, so that's not a big leap.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean... <laughs> oh,
1: yeah, this one's hard to justify. Usually you're playing spells with charges on them because you want to spend those charges for the effects printed on those spells. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to see yourself spending a lot of charges from spells you've already paid for and you, you haven't play just for a couple icons in a skill test, which can be clutch, but... This could just be guts and I think it would be a much better card.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that that's actually a pretty good argument. I think I can kinda of see this where you're coming up against a test near the end of the game where, um, yeah, I wanna spend my shriveling or my right of seeking uh charges on doing what they do. But on the other hand I have this test coming up that could end the game. And Right. You know, charges left on my assets at the end of the game have no use at all. I kind of see this as a as a panic switch to get through, you know, whatever willpower test is coming off the deck, or was it? Is it in the core set where you have to test six willpower? You get another weakness in the final stereo, yes. something like yes. that, right? Where you're just like, I can't, I can't lose this test. I'll deal with one less shriveling. Or two less right of seekings or whatever, um, mm-hmm. yeah.
1: You know what it feels like. This is for is tests where you want to pass by a lot. But I'm actually mm-hmm. I was thinking through, and I think Mystic is the literally the only class that never to pass by. Right? Is that a thing in Mystic at all? R- right. Rogues do obviously. Guardians do with cards like shotguns. Seekers yep. do when they're investigating. Um, survivors do, usually because they want to pass by like as little as possible, or they care how, how little they fail by. I don't think Mystics care, and that's what feels like when Mystics get a spell that works like Shotgun, where if you, if you pass by five, you do five damage. Like That's mm. where you
0: perform the power in your deck.
1: Until then, I think I'll run Guts and Fearless.
0: Yeah, no, I, I think you make a strong argument for that. BD Flory throws in Alchemical Transmutation but then you'd also have to be playing alchemical transmutation
1: and also alchemical transmutation is what there's no benefit to passing by more than but with a score of higher than four right yeah you can only you can only pass by at least three anyway that's a good point so unless he's (laughs) saying
0: use the charges off alchemical transmutation to power this, you know i
1: (laughs) i think what he's saying is i'm wrong when i
0: no cards care
1: wish she passed by <laughs> and he's right uh, that's a great point i um i missed that one but yeah, fair enough. so so there is there is an exception mystic does have one situation where it cares so maybe it will get more because clearly that's something that every class kind of gets a taste of at times but until we get one that's really splashy i don't see why i would play torrent of power mm-hmm.
0: you think you see one coming in our future like if you were to scry
1: (laughs) if i were to scry i don't know why don't you oh it's it's uh it's you (laughs) it's me (laughs) i lost track of who read torrent of power i was too busy whining about it (laughs) oh my good friend scrying uh this is the level three upgrade of scrying it costs one resource it's a mystic asset with two intellect icons on it it's a spell that takes the arcane slot and it has three charges As a fast action, you can exhaust it and spend one charge to look at the top three cards of any Investigator's deck or the encounter deck, return them to the top of that deck in any order. If a Terror or Omen
0: cards is among looked-at cards,
1: take one horror. Um, How are you feeling about this one?
0: Well, back in the Core Set days, or early Dunwich, um, I actually found I would, when playing True Solo, I would run Crying if I could. Uh, The reason being... Uh, looking at the top 3 cards of the encounter deck and doing the whole magic player thing and writing them down and like <laughs> choosing the order right and so like i would know what is happening um it was, an inc- it was incredibly powerful now the issue was it cost you an action to put down and then an action to do it with this upgraded version having it fast like that i think it's a great deal the the caveat about if you see a terror or omen card among them take a horror. For most of the investigators I'd be using this in, I don't think that would matter too much. And in someone like Agnes, this might be something when, oh no, you're engaged with an Acolyte. Well, I'm going to scry and hope I get a Terror Omen, and then I can ping someone. I I like it. The issue is there's so many good cards now. Yeah. It's getting pushed out.
1: I was I was going to say, I think the worst part of this card is that little arcane slot lower right corner yeah are you really going to give one of your two precious arcane slots in a and this especially we're talking about the level three version squiring, so it's going to be a mystic who has it are they really going to have this instead of shriveling or instead of right of seeking or oh mm-hmm. alchemical transmutation <laughs> i think i would play over this yeah uh because that would at least kind of be fleeting and uh whereas this you want theoretically if you're using this mostly for the encounter deck this is going to stick around for nine rounds ish yeah so that you can see the future let those three cards play out and repeat three times um i'm not seeing it especially at three experience points i yeah. agree it's a really sub- it's a really substantial improvement over the level 0 scrying but i never thought that card was that good again as mostly there for
0: i will say that the I mostly used the level zero scrying in Daisy because her other spell mm. was usually Shriveling. Um, and at that point, I didn't have Rite of Seek. So it was scrying and shriveling, and that was my combo. And obviously, she can handle the investigating and all that stuff. So that's where I mostly used it. I haven't used scrying in probably a year now. Um, mm. So yeah.
1: Yeah, that makes total sense that level zero scrying
0: has a whole class
1: splash because it's less competitive for that arcane slot but yeah i don't really think either version of this card is worth the cost the cost you pay for it a card slot a resource and then the case of the one we're looking at right now three experience points
0: so quick question about the art how long did it take you to realize it was the ghoul priest oh no the ghoul priest in the T. um predicting the scenario that was in the box that this originally came in Oh.
1: I think I learned about that from a Mythosbusters interview with Matt Newman. I think you mentioned it on there, and no, I, I had, it had been completely lost on me.
0: Oh. I think that's where I learned about it too during that interview. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you sooner than me because I didn't hear it, uh, on your podcast feed. <laughs> yeah. Oh, all right, all right. Well, we got no time to waste. Let's
0: not get waylaid. Oh God. Um, so <laughs> waylay is the the first survivor card at this back. Uh, three cost event, level zero, two agility pips, uh, and it's a tactic. Choose an exhausted, non-elite enemy at your location and test Agility X where X is that enemy's evade value. If you succeed, defeat that enemy. Is, is it over? Her hand shook and she fell to her knees. Is it finally over? <laughs> I was so ready if you skipped over the flavor text to insist that you read it with a windy
1: voice. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really glad I didn't have to. <laughs> uh,
0: well done. Little orphan Annie, build a
1: <laughs> So um, I think this depends on your survivor. You may or may not really be building a survivor with high agility. Mm-hmm. Je- probably you're building it for more than just this card you're building in order to evade a lot and then sometimes you might find yourself with high agility and the resources to play this card Mm -hmm. and already have evaded the enemy or exhausted it so you can play it i recall this card really wowing everyone when i previewed and i'm not sure it quite lives up to that but it's a solid niche event
0: yeah what do you think i i think it's uh i think you're exactly right with the whole niche event this would be something I could totally see in uh, Wendy, who has adaptable, and uh, going through, let's say, Dunwich. Like this is a great way to get rid of spheres. Uh, spheres yeah, of great whatever. point. Yeah, um, uh, conglomeration of spheres. Conglomeration yeah, of spheres. Yeah, and there'd be certain enemies I think that you'd you'd be okay with uh, using this on, but you'd want to have that adaptable to get it out there um, because I think it's not the greatest ability on a lot of other enemies, like little two health enemies, are you actually going to exhaust them and then test this free cost? Like, There's better ways to deal with enemies.
1: Yeah. And it does have those two agility icons,
0: so it, like,
1: at least when it comes to niche cards, it's great to see them having two matching icons because that means if you find yourself with a card in a situation where it's clearly not useful, you've got another great use for it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'll give it that. It's a card that I would feel okay you're right i probably with adaptable exactly how i would play this too um i would feel okay if i just was in the mood to to slaughter some enemies from behind throwing this as a one of enders
0: fun mm-hmm. uh, but penguins yeah. in the chat mentions it's a tactic call up mark harrigan <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes this is finally Mark Harrigan has a way to
0: defeat enemies oh goodness it's been a what long time
1: <laughs> can't believe he had to wait until this point in cycle <laughs> to get his key card
0: you know another enemy I'm thinking of is the one from the Forgotten Age Uh it has six health and it's the uh, like a binding weed or something
1: oh yeah that one is
0: Bane of my existence in the Heart
1: of the Elders, but I'm blanking on the name of it, too.
0: Uh, Strangleweed?
1: Is it- sure, that sounds right.
0: Yeah, anyways, let's I think go with, that let's one might that. be an okay way, like an okay one for a waylay. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I think you're absolutely right that um, Adaptable, or if you really feel great about this card for a scenario, level zero swaps when you know what you're getting into. Mm-hmm. Not not really a blind play card, but has its has its niche.
0: Yeah. And like, I mean, meeting up with those enemies would probably just be a chance encounter. Anyways.
1: <laughs> would it? <laughs> Man, it's it's amazing how we keep coming off on cards that just fit right into our conversation. Amazing how that happens. <laughs> the next card in the pack, the remaining survivor card, is a level 2 event called a chance encounter. It costs X. Is this the first X-cost card in Arkham Horror? I th- I think it is so yes pretty sure so it has a willpower and an intellect icon it's a fortune event and it says choose an ally asset with printed resource cost x in any player's discard pile. put that asset into play under your control and i am now frantically looking up what the level zero version of this did because i am forgetting exactly it didn't cost x right
0: uh are you thinking of calling in favors
1: no, a chance encounter is a level 0 card from where Doom awaits. I now have it in front of me. It costs 1 resource, and it puts an ally from any player's
0: discard pile into
1: under your control just for the round. And right, the and then it
0: goes away, yes.
1: Mm-hmm. So have you tried this one out?
0: Uh, I have. It's okay. Uh, sure. It dep- The thing is, so solo, this is really bad. The times I've used in solo, I'm not happy with it. And I just kind of threw it in there to try it out. Because it's obviously the allies I'm getting back um, are mine. Uh, the Where I see it, though, being awesome is in multiplayer, where you can combine certain allies and certain investigators that shouldn't be together. Um, yes. Yeah. There's some... Re- like, like Wendy getting Brother X. You know? Like something like that. And elves and she's like super tank.
1: Or yeah. even just I would consider this I think in in almost any sort
0: that of is paired
1: with Leo because he's just always going to have allies in the discard pile. This will not be a dead card, yep with him because he just churns through them. um yeah, I think this has its place, spending two experience points on it also, and it's it's always really interesting when a card you have to spend experience level it up obviously, and then it has trade offs with the original version as opposed to just being strictly better like mm-hmm. the trade off here is that to get Brother X, you're paying doesn't it doesn't Brother X cost six? Five. Five. Uh it's an expensive you're basically you're you're playing a card out of their yeah. discard pile at its full cost. Mm-hmm. As opposed to honestly the original chance counter, getting brother X just for a turn when you need to take yeah. some opportunity attacks or something like that might <laughs> it might be better for and if you only pay one resource for it.
0: The one time I did take this uh, in Solo that I found it really great was Agnes Solo, actually, and upgraded Pete Sylvester with her. Um, he is such a great card and a really good soak that even if he did die, I'm okay having a third or fourth copy of him in the deck hmm. being a chance encounter. So Does,
1: I he can... die? Does he die so much that you get use out of this card, though? Pete Sylvester is usually one that kind of hits the table and just is there for the game.
0: If you choose to play it that way, I mean, mm-hmm. I, then I can also tank a one health and something sanity hit as well on him. True. And play him back. True. Knowing
1: this is in your hands yeah. frees you up to sacrifice him. Yeah.
0: And if he's already got two horror on him, that's an okay way to refresh him fully. Hmm. But
1: yeah, yeah, great point. I, I should try it out.
0: I, th- I think it's good okay. for decks that are you want to have a third or fourth copy of certain allies
1: yeah i guess so i guess it's just not my experience that ally i guess i don't generally play allies in an expendable kind of way Hmm. like sometimes i play the art students or whatever that their main benefit is their effect when they interplay and then just using the soak. but most of the time at this point in the game there are good named allies that i plan to put into play and let them soak a little bit until just before they die and then keep them there and so you're right. Having this card would could change the way you play with them. Mm-hmm. But I definitely don't look at this and think, "Man, I've really been needing to bring
0: back all my allies all the time." Yeah, that's fair. Especially if you had some sort of like, you have a bunch of allies, so you kind of have like an emergency cache of allies that you can draw on <laughs> at different points.
1: Man, wouldn't it be great if allies could cash? You just keep in your back pocket. <laughs> Uh, they don't, but I can tell you what does fit into one if you upgrade it to level 3. Oh god. The, <laughs> level 3 Emergency cash which zero-cost event that has this supply trait, it has four resources inside. You gain four resources, or you place four supply tokens among assets controlled by investigators at your location, or any combination of those two effects. You can never be too prepared, which again, I think, usually the leveled-up versions have the same flavor text as the lower ones, which is... A little disappointing.
0: Yeah, I mean, I <sighs> I can see a pun game going on eventually, where Matt puts different flavor text and it kind of works together with the old one, and it's hilarious somehow.
1: Uh, that's honestly what I expected from the start. <laughs> I can't believe that we <laughs> didn't do that in the, in the
0: corset. <laughs> yeah,
1: um, do you uh, do you upgrade your emergency caches
0: very, very often? Uh, when I'm playing Seeker and I have Acidic Echor or the mm-hmm. Arcade Glyphs. Yes, <laughs> because getting seven charges on Acidic Icar is pretty good.
1: So the glyphs don't use supply. They use a different kind of token. Right, they use they, charges. Uh, they're spells, they use charges,
0: yeah. Right, sorry. Right. Just the glyph, or just the solution. <laughs>
1: <then>. <laughs> so yeah, I actually have a tab open with um, searching for the word supply in the text of cards as kind Ooh. of in anticipation of talking about this. So I'm looking down the list, and you're exactly right. It's great with Strange solution. The only other card I see that is interesting to resupply is Flashlight. Mm, yep. Um, like, First Aid uses Supplies. How yeah. often do you use all those counters? I wish you had more. Yeah. Uh, same with Liquid Courage. Painkillers and Smoking Pipe use Supplies. Actually, honestly, Supplies usually means healing. <laughs> unless it's a, Unless it's a Strange Solution why it's pretty much flashlight and healing um yeah i don't think i would go for this over the level two emergency cash you yeah. know almost ever except you're you're absolutely right it goes great solution.
0: yeah i, uh, and I'm uh, trying I to... think that's pretty much it quite honestly like that is the only time i would consider using it uh, other than that i'm staying at level two and even then level two is kind of that near the end of the campaign where it's like oh i got this two xp what should i do I don't know. I'll make a better cash.
1: Yeah, so. I mean, it, level two even just tax draw one part
0: Yeah, the cash.
1: I'm really waiting for a version, of maybe level one emergency cash someday that just simply keeps it the same except makes it fast. Mm. <laughs> that uh, that would be appealing. Until then, honestly, the upgrades are both a little
0: underwhelming. Yeah. What about a level five? It has this same text, gain four resources or place for whatever. Draw a card and it's fast.
1: <laughs> Man,
0: I think still no. Ooh, for for five. Yeah, that's true. XP, <laughs> that's like right. There's so many better things you can buy with five XP.
1: Yeah, when you're talking level five cards, just everything else is so splashy and so it feels so good, yeah. and it usually takes like honestly a lot of the time. Unless you're running multiplayer with a lot of delve too deeps, you're. Saving up for two scenarios for that level five card, I don't think it be that in the cash you just mm-hmm. made up.
0: Yeah, I, I think this is a very niche card. I'm glad it exists, but I stop at level two, and level two yeah. I usually only use if I'm literally running out of things to spend XP on.
1: And it's something that will be revisited as more you know, supply is clearly a token that's
0: going to get supported on lots of
1: assets for the life of the game, because it's just a generic like, this just represents physical stuff that's part of this asset Yeah. Uh, that's, that's not ammo. Um, so I could see this someday being incredible, and it's already incredible with Strange Solution, but I, I could see it finding more use cases for it's come out, but for now, yeah, it's kind of just that one.
0: Yeah. I will upgrade level 2 a little bit quicker if I'm playing a higher ed build, because mm. you do want that card replacement, but...
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yep. super super valuable there, and it's a really safe card to um, point newbies towards level two emergency cash. Yep. Just just simply better. Everyone loves drawing cards. Yep. <laughs> Doesn't? No, it's nothing too fancy or complicated or difficult to use properly, which a lot of leveled up cards are.
0: Mm-hmm. So, uh, which card of this pack is your favorite, and why is it mano a mano?
1: <sighs> so, hmm. Again, I feel like I need to kind of
0: have a favorite just for
1: awesomeness of the card and a favorite for practicality of the card practicality mm-hmm. is clearly eureka yeah that card is just the seeker skill that i'd have to have a really great reason not to play it like i'm sh- i'm building multiple decks in my collection and there's two seekers <laughs> and the other one's already using eureka
0: or my <sighs> investigator literally can't take invest or can't take secret cards that's yeah right
1: right yep. um i think favorite just for fun factor might be the level two derringer um, just kind of the, the reliability of getting the plus two damage more off or plus one damage rather of two total more often and the kind of the splashy fun surprise of sometimes getting an extra action. It's, uh, it's a good time. I've, I've had fun when I've used it, even though I, I like
0: acknowledge that it's not
1: the best way I could be spending my experience twice. Yeah. How about you?
0: Uh, Eureka, hands down, best card in the pack. Yep. Um, yep. Kind of looking at the pack now, uh, not a super great pack. I don't think, like just a yeah, lot of okay. Cards. I've got to agree.
1: Um, I did, and maybe actually I said this. I I will sing the praises of Shortcut too. I think that card is great. I think Seekers had a really good pack. Yeah, and I guess really they had a really good
0: cycle. <laughs> yeah, cycle.
1: Uh, and also the Dunwich cycle, and the corset. The,
0: the Seekers had um, a really good
1: game life. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they they even out a little bit. They put down a little Forgotten Age, but until then. Man, man, they're a good class. Um, yeah, not a lot in here. This is one that, if you didn't have to buy the packs in campaign sake, I would actually still say buy this pack for Eureka. But otherwise, it would be pretty skippable.
0: Brandon, thanks again for joining me. Uh, why don't you plug your channel one more time? Yeah,
1: my pleasure. This has been a really good time. Um, thanks for inviting me. And yeah, the, the coveted second plug-in one episode <laughs> uh I have a YouTube board game and uh, other tabletop game live play channel called Optimal Play. Which for now, until everyone listening to this subscribes, so that I have enough subscribers to get a custom URL, you can search for on YouTube the phrase "Optimal Play," or you can follow us on social media on Instagram where "Optimal Underscore Play," and uh, check out our videos. We played the first couple scenarios of Arkham. I played with two brand new players, which are a lot of fun to uh, have video evidence of like to learn your way around Arkham. Um, and a few other board games and stuff too. We put out a new video every single Friday for as long as I can keep up with it.
0: I, uh, I watched your, I still have to watch the, the second Arkham Horror video, but the first one was good. And I enjoyed watching it from a newbie perspective. And like, no, don't go in there. Why aren't you using your gun? <laughs> like, just yelling at the screen like a madman. Yeah.
1: But. Yeah, and you can only imagine what my
0: internal monologue is
1: <laughs> I really don't like quarterbackers in cooperative games, yep. and I really want the video to present new players without them being constantly corrected and everything all the time. I could even correct them and cut that out since they are edited videos, but no, I, I just uh, suppress that screaming voice inside too and let them do their best.
0: It's a lot of fun. Fair enough. Speaking of suppressing that screaming inside voice, thank you for joining us tonight. This has been AV Club, a Mythos Busters production. We'll see you later.
1: Good night, everyone.